Dear Lord, thank you for this day that you've given us to come here. Thank you for this place that you've given us to come and worship. This small gathering of your beautiful children, Lord, on this Mother's Day, this special occasion that we have here in this nation to honor mothers. And Lord, we hope that we'll do that every day, but uh, we just want to give a special thanks and blessing to them, Lord, on this day. And I thank you for the anointing that rests on your word and on me, your servant, Lord, to deliver the message. Let it be you, Lord. Let it be delivered into good ground, into plowed ground in the hearts of these your children, and to all who will hear this message all around the world today and in the days to come. Bless them, Lord, and meet them at their point of need. Help them, heal them everywhere they hurt, empower them by your promises. Let them know that they are truly loved by you and prosper them in every way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. Abraham Lincoln said, All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Y'all remember Phyllis Diller? <laughs> she, said, she said something funny one time. She said, I always wanted my kids to have all the things I always wanted but never could afford. And then I want to move in with them. <laughs> Me too. You know that actress Reese Witherspoon? Anyway, my wife likes her. She said, if you're not yelling at your kids, then you're not spending enough time with them. <laughs> we got a four-year-old granddaughter, Harper, and she is amazing. She is something very, very special and fantastic to all of us and fills a huge void in our lives. And uh, But, you know, <laughs> sometimes our daughter will be like, she needs to have sleepover. <laughs> we understand. <coughs> On our way. On our way. There's a lot of great mothers in the world. Amen. Thank God for all of them. If you're really honest, all mothers have done some good things. And if they're really honest with God, they've done some things that not quite perfectly. Kids don't come with a book. And as you start to get about my age, you realize that Really, children are given to children, basically. <laughs> Thank God, because they have enough stamina to, to get through it and learn that they're not breakable. I remember Sam and Garrett telling the Tavana and I, they celebrated like a, a six-month birthday or something. It wasn't, you know, it's not a birthday. Six months. What are you celebrating? That we kept something alive this long, <laughs> That's right. With God's help. And your mother's help. Amen. But anyway, I want to talk about that side of the coin, that, that the part that's imperfect. 
and mothers, just just for a minute. I'm not talking to you perfect mothers. <laughs> I posted a deal, I think, this morning. I copied from a preacher friend of mine, Danny. That it said that um, religious people always get upset when God uses the people they thought were unqualified. <laughs> Boy, isn't that the truth? talk about those struggles in life I always think about the first mother the mother of all mankind Eve from the Bible we know she had some struggles in her life amen I'm sure she had a lot of joy too we know she did in the beginning you know where they walked in the cool of the day in the garden fellowship with the Lord but but then they had that that one thing that everybody attributes to Eve. But you know Adam was right there with her. <laughs> and really God told him first. He knew. But she still gets a lot of the credit for it. But you know God never. Stopped being kind to them. Adam was. 920 years old or something like that when he died. So. We don't know. It doesn't mention the death of Eve in the Bible. I'm kind of glad it doesn't. But we know she saw a lot of hardship and heartache. She saw the death of one of her children, the murder of one of her children by the hands of another. That's That's got to be very hard. But I want to say that God doesn't want mothers... Or anyone else for that matter. But we're talking about mothers on Mother's Day. But we can all glean from this. Amen. To live condemned. You understand what I'm saying? Of course, everyone wants to be and to do the best they can. In any role that God has given them to play. But if you... If you can't say you did anything else right, you can say you got them here. And I'm here to tell you that they're going to have an opportunity because of that life that you brought into this world. You were brave enough to do that. Amen. Thank God. But because of that life you brought into this world, they will have an opportunity to be a redeemed spirit. A saved person, a believer in Jesus Christ. And that is the entire purpose of human existence. Amen. John seventeen three. Jesus gave us the definition of eternal life. To know God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. He is sin. That word know is the same word they used in the book of Genesis. When it said Adam knew Eve and they conceived and had a child. So it's an intimate, passionate personal relationship with God. And that's what we talk about here. We talk about our new identity as children of God, the, the benefits of that, the responsibilities of that, the power in that. People say, well, I hear a lot of the a lot of the stuff, stuff, <laughs> help me, Lord, 
You know, I was driving here today, and I said, Lord, I, I need you today. I need... I see. He said, I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm always with you. I never leave you forsaken. It was almost like I said, hush, Will. I'm trying to talk to the Lord. <laughs> and then I realized it was the Lord. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But he doesn't want you to live condemned. People say, well, I didn't, I didn't. we could have done better. You know, we didn't, we didn't really raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We didn't give them the best. We, we could have sacrificed a little bit more. We, we should have spent more time with them, more quality time. And we should have, we could have on and on and on and on. And, and if you, if, if you saw the list, you could put together based on all the things you read in the Bible. Once you get saved, the list would just really get really longer. And if you based it on God's holy standard, oh my goodness, the list would be much different and even longer than you think. But, you know, God already knew you and He knew everything that you would do before you ever brought that baby into this fallen world. Amen. He knew every spot in that little life that he was going to make himself known to that child too. And you know, God's never going to stop trying to reach them. As long as there's breath and there's a praying mama out there, there is power in a mama's prayers. Oh man, I could tell you some stories about that. The message about this portion is not just a, it's not a whooping, you know, this isn't a Charles Spurgeon sermon. I love him, by the way. But that's just a spanking you're going to get every time you read Spurgeon. <laughs> so, so I have to, I have to finish all his messages with the, with the good news. Amen. <laughs> but, but we want you to drop your baggage. God says some people just need to drop their bags. Quit trying to make up for the past and just learn to live the day that God has given you today. Learn to spend all the grace that He has given you for today. When we get caught up in the condemnation and bitterness of all the wrongs of the past, we can miss the moments right before our eyes that God has given us right now. With God, there's only ever one day, and it's called today. Amen. If we allow the wrongs of the past to keep us from serving God today, or we harbor unforgiveness or bitterness over the things of the past, we can miss out on all that God has for our lives. And not only that, but I'm here to tell you, God can do more with what's left of your life than you ever could have done in all the days before if you'll just put your trust in Him. I remember at my grandmother's funeral, my Uncle Mike, who larger than life person, he's passed on now, just like all the men in my family, older than me 
including all my cousins, my brother, every boy in my family that was older than me is dead. And some of them were younger than me when they passed. That's the life I was born into. But at my grandmother's funeral, my John Wayne uncle, who everyone admired and loved, the fun-loving, he was really like, looked kind of like John Wayne. Better looking, actually, though. But six foot five, just a big guy. He's out there on a, on a bench outside of the funeral home, and he was crying a little bit. I'll never forget, he told me, he said, son, take care of your mama. It's the only one you're ever going to get. Boy, was he right. Mama's gone now. I had a, a friend in Dallas, and he had a wife who was a very selfish person. And I remember when Mother's Day came around, I'll never forget, she was so adamant about Mother's Day was her day. It didn't matter what was going on with or for her mother or her mother-in-law or anyone else. Her husband and children were going to be there and it was going to be all about her and nobody else was allowed and <laughs> you, you laugh, but lots of immature mothers get caught up in this sort of a, a trap, I call it, because that's what it is. It's a snare of the devil. It's really unhealthy. Uh, that self-centeredness is really a root of all kinds of, of, of bitterness and grief in, in, in a person's life. Amen. This sort of control is one of the Things that might get you what you want temporarily, but you're sowing seed that is not good. It's going to probably lead to lots of heartache and missed opportunities in your life. It's really, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul attributed Jesus with having said that in Acts chapter 20, and that's, it's the truth. We know that here because we talk about farming here all the time. What I mean is that everything in the kingdom of God is in seed form. And all of our talents, abilities, time, our words, our resources, everything in seed form. You decide how you sow it. You got a free will. Amen. John... 316 or James 316 says that where jealousy and selfish ambition exist there is disorder and every evil thing and that's something I can't help but wonder if that friend of mine if his wife's children grew up because they were young then They've grown by now. I wonder if they grew up and treated her the same way or moved away altogether. Who knows? I hope it all worked out. There's always hope. Those who've lost a mother 
always wish they could talk to them again. I hear this so often. Just to speak to them one more time, just to see them. And me, I used to, I remember as a boy, I, when I had a heavy heart or things, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't share much, you know. But I remember I would, Mama would like to lay in bed and read her little books, you know, paperbacks or whatever. And I would just go in there and just lay across the bed. And I remember Mama always knew what to say. Or just put her hand on my head or I don't know. We all have certain memories about Mama. There's no one like Mama. And I wish I could do that again sometimes. <laughs> I notice though that I go to my wife the same way. Now, she's the furthest thing from my mama, of course. <laughs> the Bible says a man finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. And that's the truth for me, for sure. But she has that same motherly instinct. I laugh at Jonathan sometimes. He's the youngest boy and he's over 30 now. But he'll call sometimes, he'll call his mama. Just with every little problem that comes up before he even tries to figure it out sometimes it seems like and I used to kind of just mock him a little bit about that I guess or not to his face but I say what's he calling you for didn't he call a friend when he has a flat tire or something you know what I mean something like that. you know but the older I've gotten because he still does it I just had to phone to her or I tell him where she's at or whatever and then I hang up and say, man, I wish I could call Mama. Just wish I could call Mama. My wife, she she knows the same thing like Mama did. She knows when I need that hug or that tender touch or just an encouraging word or when to come to my rescue. She did that with those doctors this week. I have a problem with the fact that I have to take medication because I'm a man of faith and I love God and I believe all the promises of God and so it makes me mad that I take medicine. <laughs> and when there's a problem even having to get in that, you know. Anyway, she got on the phone to straighten them out. That's my girl. <laughs> I, I'd called several times. Somebody called me back. She called one time, and man, my phone started ringing. Got it all fixed somehow. <laughs> and you're still taking the medicine. <laughs> Temporarily, amen. I heard a term a thousand times, though, growing up, and, and even as an adult. When it comes to Mother's Day and children, have you heard from so-and-so? Have you heard from so-and-so? And I remember Mama, you know, she always asked because she's got, she had five of us and we were spread out all over Texas and, you know, sometimes people think, oh, if you're in Texas, why don't you go see each other? It's like, it's not like Rhode Island, you know. <laughs> you can be spread out in Texas and it's like across Europe, you know. 
<laughs> but she would always be asking, you know, and one of us would call or whatever, have you talked to so-and-so? No, I hadn't heard from And then being brothers and sisters, we'd always pick on the other one. Like we were doing the good thing and the other one was just a mess up. But Mama always take up for them. Oh, well, they're busy, I know. They're doing good, you know. <laughs> have you heard from so-and-so? That's, that's where I was trying to get to. Because right? now, now I want to give Mama something. And it'll bless everybody. Because when Mama's happy, everybody's happy. Amen. Amen. I got a question for Mamas today. And when we get the answer, then we'll have a sort of a Mother's Day gift in that answer waiting. Amen. Have you heard from the Lord today? That's a good question. Isn't it? If faith is the hand that reaches out and takes hold or obtains the things provided by the grace of God, and, and it is, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, then you need ears to hear. <laughs> you need spiritual hearing, don't you? You need spiritual hearing, don't you? Yes. All right, this side. <laughs> spiritual hearing? Yes. Necessary? Yes. Matthew chapter 13, just like I said. Alright, Jesus said, Jesus said, Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, For this people's heart and has grown dull, and their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Talking about a hardened heart. And the reason was they had dulled their senses, spiritual eyes, their spiritual ears. Otherwise, because if those things were operating correctly, he said, they would turn, they would repent, and then I'd heal them. Sozo. All-inclusive healing. This is just a, not just a physical healing, but that is included, folks. Amen. Amen. Or oh me. <laughs> when I first started hearing God, I would know right away. Then, immediately, just like I told you on the drive up here, except I caught it today. I used to not. Immediately, I would reason or explain it away. Why? It's just me talking. That's not God. I need to hear God. 
I don't want to just know what I think. Well, I've got news for you folks. God is always speaking to you. And He sounds a lot like you. Come on now. I need you to be with me on this. He might sound, if you're around me enough and you hear enough, because I'm going to always be speaking the Word of God. If you know me much, you know that. Sometimes He might sound a little like me. He might sound a little like somebody else. But most of the time, He's going to sound like you. Boy, if you could get this. The light bulbs are going to start coming on here in a minute. We pray God's will to be done. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And His greatest desire is for us to know Him and to have fellowship with Him. So we ask Him, Thy will be done. We praise Him. We pray to Him. We ask Him to speak to us. I need to hear from you, Lord. Oh God, let it be you. Let me know what it is you want for me. From me. Then, when He answers, we think it's just our own thoughts. He's always speaking, folks. We just aren't listening. We don't have our our hearing is dulled. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide between soul and spirit. You're saying, "Well, I'm scared because." If I just think that every thought I have is God, I didn't say that. That's where I know preachers who have gotten off into that nonsense. I had one tell me, I have achieved the perfection that God has called us to. I said, excuse me? I said, yeah, in your spirit, you're perfect. One third of your salvation is over. (laughs) Sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Now you're renewing your mind, your will, and emotions to align with the Word of God. But as long as you're alive, that isn't going to be completed until you're face to face. You know, no. In thought and deed. I said, brother, let me pray for you. You're deceived. Anyway, that's another story. (laughs) But not every thought is you. So we need to learn the difference. What's God and what's not. But you need to understand He's always talking to you. Okay. Just look at it like this and tell me if you recognize. Because I blame religion for a lot of this, folks. We think, okay, if God, if God would speak to me, like literally speak to me, it would only bring, be to bring correction anyway. So that makes us sort of religious minded. 
A lot of us are that way and don't know it or don't admit it. The world is religious minded. Everybody on the street that you meet, do you know the Lord? Yeah, I, I try to live by the Ten Commandments. Okay. They can't tell you but two of them. <laughs> and living by the Ten Commandments isn't knowing God. Okay. It might be a byproduct of that relationship, and it should be. But that's, that's, that's the fruit, not the root. That's the fruit, not the root. Okay. So, if he's just going to talk to me to bring correction, so, okay, what do I do? I, well, I try, to, I try to avoid that. So I confess all my sins. I talk to him. I get it dealt with. I pray for his grace and mercy. And, and, uh, and Lord, forgive me for, for everything I did. Anything, anything I even forgot, forgive me, Lord. All right. So we've got it pretty well covered. So when we stop to listen and try to hear God, we we shouldn't be really expecting to hear from any anything from Him because we've got it all covered. We got He has nothing to get on to me for because everything's confessed and under the blood. Boy, if you only knew, it's really not. It's under the blood, but it's not because you confessed it all. There, Boy, I tell you, the Bible says if you miss, if you try to keep the law and and live by that and achieve righteousness by 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 doing right and living by the law, if you miss it just one point of it, you you're guilty of it all. Oh God, who can be saved? That's what it's supposed to drive you to. And then Jesus said, "Well, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible." And it's His will that not anyone should perish, but everyone should repent, come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and allow Him to be their Lord and Savior. And then, when you come to that crossroads and said you better either be perfect or have a Savior that is, you say, I do have a Savior that is. Thank you very much. So anyway, here's the deal. We're still, we're there. We're, 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 we're pretending to be listening for God, but we don't expect Him to talk because we think it would be bad and we think we're in good shape with Him right now because we've got it all covered and under the blood. So, what that, what that brings on us is we accept some things. Sickness, strife, poverty, Heartache, confusion. I don't need to keep on with that laundry list. Because, well, I've had that, you know, I've had that since I was 15. You know, I've been dealing with this, it's sort of a chronic thing. I've had it a long time. I was with a woman in her 80s. 90s, maybe hundreds, I don't know. She was old the other day. And she said, oh, Mr. Will, I've been, I've been looking forward to meeting you. I could talk to you all blankety-blank day. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She was so fun to talk to, though. She was really awesome. <laughs> and she said, oh... <laughs> I can't see a blankety blank thing since I got old. 
And when my ophioarthritis act up, my, my, my this, and my that, and my this. You see, she claimed it all. And the uh, Holy Ghost rose up in me. <laughs> My point is, we accept some things that we shouldn't be accepting because we're blocked out. We become dull of hearing God's voice because we don't expect to hear from God. And if we did, we'd be scared to death because we think that He's just up there waiting to get us when we step out of line. You really haven't tried to tune your ears to God because you don't expect to hear anything good from Him. And so you really believe it's just better if I don't. Come on. Is anybody... Oh, how about this one? Oh, I, I get this stuff the same time every year. You have a season for sickness, some of you. It's like we have hunting season. I, shoot, I don't have no sick, sickness season. I'm not accepting that nonsense. I, I have promises that provide against that sort of thing. That's why we were unmasked here the second week into this great tragedy of the world. We were well on the road to Damascus right away. Amen. And I'm not mocking anyone. And, you know, some people did wear masks. And some people, you can still come in here with a mask. And I guarantee you, we would, we would accept that and, and, and give you all the space. And I've, I've sat right here at this table with graduates of Karis Bible College, where they teach nothing but the stuff I'm talking about today. And he came in with a mask, and I had to sit there burning up for almost two hours after church one day ministering to this guy with my mask on because he didn't know what happened to God when he left Colorado. He guess he left him there or something. I'm not trying to pick up on anyone, folks. Thank God. You know, we get to a place where it's like we see a lot of people get healed. We pray for we pray for everybody. We see people get healed. Oh, thankfully the, the medicine did its job. <laughs> thank God he has great doctors. And again, thank God for doctors. Thank God for doctors. All the Christians would be dead otherwise. <laughs> I okay. I, I'm gonna stop this because I know I'm picking. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to provoke you to action, not against me. <laughs> it's almost time before I do get that far. But I'm, to, I'm trying to provoke you to thought. I'm trying to make you. I'm trying to drive you into the arms of Jesus, folks. Christians are praying for people all over the world out of a sense of duty. Other than any real expectancy. Then saying, Lord, if it be thy will, please heal this person. 
Well, there's no real guarantee in that. Maybe God doesn't heal anymore. Some teach that. I mean, God works in mysterious ways. But He's good. No one really knows what God's going to do, right? <laughs> what, if, what if this person doesn't deserve to be healed? We, we don't really know these things. Only God knows it. And, you know, if it be thy will, what if he's just in a bad mood? What if he's just trying to set an example? I mean, you know, he, in the Old Testament, he did a lot of that, didn't he? Y'all wouldn't admit to any of these thoughts. Folks, we need to kill some sacred cows here. Finally getting a few folks here and we're just running them all off. John Maxwell said, the first Sunday service I held, he said it was three people there. Me, my wife, and the nice lady from across the street. <laughs> I said, that's nothing. Mine was just me and my wife running the camera. <laughs> Pastor asked me to preach on Sunday. I thought I'd finally made it. I didn't realize he and all the, other, the rest of the congregation was preaching in a conference across town that day. He took them all with him. <laughs> but the Lord showed up that day and the Holy Ghost. I remember my wife looking from behind that camera about 10 minutes into the message and she went. And I asked her later, what were you doing that for? She goes, because there was this big glow around you. It's almost like you were floating. And she said, the Holy Ghost was just showing off. And I had to look and see if that was still you standing there. So I'll just keep preaching it, folks. If you love God, if you read your Bible, but you're trying to reconcile what you read about the early church and what you read happened in that early church, all those marvelous things that we were talking about last week, I touched on briefly, I didn't talk about much of it, but a lot of the great things happened in that early church. And if you're trying to reconcile that and what you see happening in the church today, it's because we have allowed our hearts to become dull and suffered some spiritual hearing loss, folks. It's just the fact. James chapter 5, and I'm done here because I want to keep it, Short, because Mother's Day, I'll let you beat the Baptists today to the lubies. <laughs> James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Maybe the, the, maybe the brother of the Lord, James, uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, can make my point better than I can. James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. James said this, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith 
Somebody say prayer of faith. Will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Now, having just heard that, let's just just unpack it a little bit. It wasn't just any old prayer that saved the sick, was it? it healing required a prayer of faith. Well, if faith is to be sure of the things that we hope for and certain of the things we cannot see according to Hebrews 11 verse 1, then praying with faith involves a level of certainty, not wonder. Apparently, when James wrote about praying for the sick, he wasn't asking God to heal them, but expecting to see them healed. Hello. All right, everybody's with me now. Listen, folks, I believe in prayer. Prayer is the generator in a church. But that prayer has to be accompanied by faith for healing to be received, for strongholds to be broken, for blind eyes to be opened, for the dead to be raised. For lost children and family members to turn to God. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Jesus said it's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. God loves you so much. And He... Don't you think it's sad that Jesus said, when I return, will I even find faith? Don't you realize he was making a big deal out of faith? We need to believe these 8,000 promises. Because it says every promise in this book for you as a believer is yes. And amen. The answer is yes. If he did it for one, he'll do it for you. He's no respecter of persons. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Dear Lord, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for eternity with you. Mostly that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your shed blood for us. Thank you that you will be returning soon as a conquering king, not a suffering savior. Not to judge us, though, Lord, but to get us. Take us with you. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to rule and reign with you forever. But, Lord, while we're here, thank you for all of the 
authority that you've given us in your name. Lord, what we need is an outpouring, a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit and fire for you and the things of God. Help us, Lord, touch us and speak to each and every one of us in a way that we will understand and know that it's you. Especially those, Lord, who have never practiced hearing you, have never honestly claimed or thought that they have heard you. Lord, show them that they have. Begin to speak to everyone hearing this message, Lord, that they do hear you and that you're always waiting and willing and wanting to speak to them and show them wonderful things that they didn't know and to lead and guide them through this life. Holy Spirit, show them that you are the God. You are the one who God has sent to come alongside them and take together a hold together with all the things in front of them, all the obstacles, all the mountains in their lives, that you're there to help them move those mountains and that you'll also be with them in the valleys as well as the special times on the mountaintop. You're a good, good father. And that you not only love all the mothers of the world, but all of us. And we thank you, Lord, for your precious salvation. We thank you for the faith that comes by hearing your precious word. And we just ask you to sharpen our hearing. We choose you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well,